0: Among us and sometimes they win. Even the devil was an angel once. The world has its own rules and these rules are not human. Some of us seek answers to the origin and existence of cryptids and the unexplained. Join us as we venture beyond the known and accepted boundaries. Welcome to our nightmare. I think you're going to love it. hey folks good evening and welcome to phantoms of monsters personal reports where i narrate discuss some of the cryptid and unexplained sightings and encounters submitted to phantoms of monsters and phantoms of monsters 14 research team so thanks for joining me uh the channel is made possible by you clicking the subscribe and like buttons and by you sharing our programming Also, uh, please feel free to comment. We'd like to know what you have to say. Super chat and super thanks donations are appreciated. You can just click the dollar icon located near the chat box. And the uh, Buy Me at Coffee link and banner are also there. So thanks for your consideration. Now, if you're in the chat and you have questions, please uh, use all caps and... uh, I'll let you know when my last account is going to be read. You can start posting your questions then. So, the Appalachian Trail. Now, the trail meanders amid mountains and valleys for 2,190 miles through 14 states from Georgia to Maine. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of people step foot on each year. In fact, I think just stepping foot i think the average is three million a year be honest the biggest danger is is just not being prepared for the challenging hike but there are also bears coyotes snakes ticks all kinds of bugs and stuff out there and uh but then there are the things that are not usually talked about so sit back listen to a few of the strange and terrifying tales that have become part of Appalachian Trail War. So, the first account. I grew up in rural Pennsylvania and have spent most of my life here. I've been hiking all over the state at least once a week, every week since I began driving at 16 years of age. But across the many state parks, I have spent thousands of hours hiking in the woods. I've had three strange encounters now since the summer 2022, almost as if a door has been opened since the first one. Now, the story I'm sharing today is the most recent thing that happened to me and two of my buddies last Saturday night. So this was about a year ago. It completely traumatized me. My two lifelong friends and I were on a spur-of-the-moment night hikes on that night. I haven't hiked at night for nearly two years. I used to hike alone all the time, but hiking with these two guys made us all feel a bit bold. So we were hiking near the part of the Appalachian Trail where I grew up in Duncan, and the Appalachian Trail runs through the town. There's a ridge next to the town with a very popular hiking vista called Hawk Rock. At the base of the mountain, there's a creek that flows into the Susquehanna River and a road that follows this creek back into the woods for about a mile and a half. It leads to a Boy Scout camp, shelter, and uh, water wells. Follows the creek around a bend and then ends where the road ends. We have a low-key camping site that follows an easy-to-miss trail that continues past the road and goes into the woods another couple hundred yards. We're about two and a half miles from the car. So we're sitting here talking about Sasquatch and encounters. Both of us, both of my friends have had encounters. This night was totally dark, dark with no moon. We couldn't couldn't see each other side by side without a flashlight. It was dead quiet. In hindsight, it seems weird. There are normally lots of frogs along the creek. Now, I've been to this campsite about two dozen times and never had anything happen to us there. We're talking about missing 411 in my two previous encounters. One friend has never heard the Sierra sounds, and my other friend told me not to play them. I made two tree knocks, then we played the Sierra sounds in the total darkness. So on cue, not even a minute went by and a huge rock splashed into the creek about 30 yards away from, from the direction of our trail and only this is the only way out. I was already on my feet. I've thrown many rocks in the creek, river and lake and that rock was large. It made that whoop sound of breaking the water and crashing into the creek bed. Immediately, we felt that sense of dread and danger. Then it happened a second and third time, back to back. We said they need to get the F out of there right now. We were 100% sober. I've been up and down that creek by kayak, trail, and fishing. It's one of the few areas in Pennsylvania that, that doesn't have beavers. I've never seen a beaver or signs of beavers anywhere along that creek. I've heard beaver tail slash, but it didn't sound like that at all. It was loud and scared the crap out of us. It was so close to us that it, it didn't seem like just a coincidence. So we packed our bags up in hammocks in less than a minute and started walking out in the direction of those splashes. We got parallel to where it happened maybe 30 seconds later. The creek was five foot to our left. There was fog over the creek. We couldn't see the other side, but there was nothing over there but woods. Then it happened a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth time. Loud splashes of large rocks crashing into the water right next to us. I was on point. We weren't going through this trail with the brush to our right and the creek to our left dark. We weren't speaking to each other. We stuck together and were only focused on getting out. Now we got back to the road and we were practically jogging back to the car. We were saying that was weird and was too close and too conveniently timed. We continued down to the down this road and got a mile away from where it happened. The road was maybe 50 feet from the creek now and a little bit higher up, but still parallel to the creek and completely silent. So quiet that you could hear a pin drop. We began to feel like we were okay again, but then it happened again. A large loud splash in the creek below is perfectly parallel to us. The sense of danger was palpable, And we could feel it all around us. Something was on the other side of that creek mirroring us. The problem was there were no trails, no houses, nothing but woods over there. Whatever was over there was keeping pace with us silently without light or without a trail. And we could feel it. We got to the end of the road and two kids were walking with lights. We saw them coming. I said to my friends, we had to tell them what happened. We couldn't let these kids go in there without warning. We told them what happened and all of us were clearly shaken and rattled. We got into the car and drove back to my buddy's place in town. Now for three hours, we tried to rationalize and reason what it was. We couldn't think of any animal that checks all the boxes of that behavior. If it was somebody messing with us, they were in the middle of nowhere without a light growing large rocks and silently moving without a trail. If it was an animal, we would have heard it moving. If it was something in the water, we would have heard it displacing water while moving. I know this area like the back of my hand. Now I'm terrified to go back outside again and afraid as soon as the sun goes down. We all felt like we were lucky to get out of there. I was excited about spring and summer and to get back out hiking and get, but I am terrified of thought of it. Now, that section of, of the Appalachian Trail, which maybe many of you know, is uh, is a location back in September 1990 where there were, um, let's just say it, it was a murder there. And uh, I've been to that stretch. Um, i I walked from the Mason-Dixon line up through Misho, up into Duncannon and into Lebanon County. And it's also well-known for, for Bigfoot activity and cryptid, active, cryptid canine activity, quite honest. So the next uh, account, back in 2018, my girlfriend and I decided to hike the Appalachian Trail in Virginia. We had hiked other parts of the Appalachian Trail north of Virginia, but had never gone this far south. The section we took ran through George Washington and Jefferson National Forest from Roanoke County to Giles County. It's one of the more remote parts of the trail, which is exactly what we were looking for. So we gathered our gear and made our way to the Virginia Creeper Trail to begin our journey. It was early October, and the air was crisp and cool. Perfect hiking weather with beautiful scenery. Most of the trip was uneventful, just your typical hike. But our last couple of nights is where things got strange. Now on this portion of the trail, you're supposed to camp on the trail or at a designated shelter. We didn't really want to run into other people and didn't want anyone coming up on to us in the middle of the night. So we decided to ignore those suggestions and find our own little spot off the trail. After a bit of searching around, we found a spot a little ways off the trail in the middle of a small clearing. We set up camp, cooked some food, talked for a while, then snuggled up and went to sleep for the night. So somewhere around 2 a.m., I was awakened by my girlfriend shaking me awake and telling me, get your gun. Someone is outside walking around our tent. She told me that she woke up to what sounded like someone right outside the tent running a knife or something across the side while circling us. When hiking, I carried a 45 automatic. You never know exactly who or what you may run into when you're in a remote location. I got the gun out of my pack. And then we sat silently listening for any sounds. So, after a while, we heard snapping and crunching sounds of someone or something walking in the woods behind our tent. I got the flashlight and silently made my way out of the tent. Now, our fire had gone out, so it was nearly pitch black. I told my girlfriend to stay put while I checked it out. I didn't flick the flashlight on right away. I waited to hear more noises. and after a few minutes, the sounds were bipedal. I turned on the flashlight and flooded the, the area with light. I thought I saw someone move between behind a tree. I yelled out and told them to go away and that I was armed. I kept the light on the area with my gun drawn and slowly approached the area where I thought I saw the figure. Then, from my right, I hear what sounds like someone running away through the woods. I spin and face my light that way. And then from the original spot here, who or whatever was there take off into the woods. There's no way I'm giving chase. So I return to the campsite. I end up sitting guard outside the tent in the darkness until daybreak. So in the morning, I looked around a bit for signs of who or whatever was, you know, it was. And I discovered a boot print In some soft, moist dirt not far from our tent. It wasn't mine, and it wasn't my girl's. This freaked me out as it confirmed that someone, perhaps more than one, was stalking around our tent. I kept it to myself because I didn't want to freak my girl out any more than what she already was. And at that point, we were deep in and still had two days left. When it came time to set up camp, I found a spot near a cliff where we could place the tent in a smaller hang and prevent anyone from coming up from behind us. The whole day up to this point, I had the feeling we were being followed. I had no confirmation of this as I hadn't seen or heard anyone else, but it was just a gut feeling. We set up camp, made some food, then retreated to the tent. I kept the gun right next to me and I assured her that if I slept at all, it it would be with one eye open. After a while, she drifted off to sleep, and I stayed awake listening to the sounds of the woods at night. Now I was awake for a few hours, just waiting to see if anything would happen. At some point, I drifted off. I woke sometime later to what sounded like someone going through our stuff outside the tent. I grabbed my gun and woke my girlfriend. From the faint glow of the fire, I could see someone so wet against the tent. There was really someone out there i yelled out to them that i was armed they stopped what they were doing and bolted i came out of the tent gun drawn and ready to shoot someone our stuff was strewn all about i walked to the edge of the woods in the direction of whoever was out there and who had fled there was a creek nearby and i walked to the edge where there was a small trail running alongside it down the creek i could see a light It looked like a lantern the way it flickered. Then I saw three emerge from the other side of the woods. I told my girlfriend to start packing up whatever she could and that we'd be leaving now. We packed up everything of value, left the tent and a few other items and headed back onto the trail in the middle of the night. I kept hearing people taking off in the woods and hearing branches snap for quite some ways. I kept looking back behind us every few seconds to make sure nobody was coming up on us. It was completely nerve wracking. If something happened, we were still a long way from anywhere and quite literally on our own since we hadn't seen another hiker the entire time we had been out there. I really felt we were in danger. We had been walking for quite some time when I heard something in the woods behind us. As we rounded the corner, I turned around and saw someone step out onto the trail and just stand there watching us. It was just as the sun was coming up and barely any light. I could make out I couldn't make out any features, just a silhouette. I stopped and looked at them for a second and asked them who they were and what they wanted. They just stood there silently watching us and then turned and walked back into the woods. We picked up the pace and kept going, looking back every so often. We didn't see them again, but my gut told me they were still there for quite a while. We eventually reached the end of the trail and got to where we had parked my girlfriend's car and extremely exhausted. We made it out of the Virginia woods without becoming a victim of whoever was following us. Um, that section of the Appalachian Trail in the george washington especially in the george washington national forest it is well known for big foot encounters and i do have i do have a story later on of a, a really serious incident that happened there as well uh there's also not deer sightings is recorded also and reported so um it, it's difficult to determine who or what was following it's probably a local or locals i have heard stories of um People live in the woods near near those trails that just like to go out and hassle hikers. So I don't know who it was. They're lucky they didn't get shot. So the next account. I was driving home from the night shift at my job in Pinkham Notch, New Hampshire, in the White Mountain National Forest. It was a half an hour's drive at around 10.30 p.m. I'm always on alert for moose and bear, which can pop up onto the road at any time. Now, the night was foggy and wet. So suddenly, about 10 minutes from town, I noticed a movement next to my truck on the driver's side. It was a very large animal running alongside at an angle as though trying to cross. Route 16 from left, uh, trying to cross Route 16 from left to right. Now my truck was on its way was on, in the way of its crossing, and I swerved to avoid it. It was doing about 50 mile an hour, and it kept right up to about a quarter mile. It had a full coat of six- inch long silvery, black and gray hair undulating, it thrust its hind legs forward as fast as it was a, so fast that it was a blur, and pushed its long front leg arms under its body to propel. The head was tucked down in the dark. I maintained my speed and the creature kept right up, not tiring at all. Then suddenly the movement turned into a hyperspeed blur and it launched forward in front of my truck and jumped the, the guardrail near the stony brook to my right. It disappeared. It was not a bear. I have spent a lot of time alone or with others in the mountains of New Hampshire and Maine with many large animal encounters. I never saw anything like that before. It opened my eyes that these Bigfoot beings are around. Now as I hike the deep woods with my dog, I notice strange things like uprooted saplings, tree trunks, and roots stuck to the ground upside down, carefully arranged identical stones and patterns on the path. I have feelings of not I have feelings of not being alone. I quietly sing and deliberately think that I'm simply passing through have no desire to mingle with or bother others on the trail. I travel with my dog, and I load a 9 millimeter pistol just in case. So far, I've been left alone. Now, I bump into hikers on the Appalachian Trail and sometimes give them a ride to town. So far, no one has admitted to any encounters, but I always ask if they have encountered anything strange on the trail. And that area where this happened to him, that road, was just, just by the trail. So it's a pretty busy area, that pinkle moan, that pinkle Notch. A lot of the, uh, the hikers do stay there at a hostel. Okay, this next account. I frequent the Appalachian Trail and work at the Greasy Creek Friendly Hostel in Mitchell County, North Carolina. The closest town is Irwin, Tennessee just about 20, to 30 miles south of the hostel. So one day I headed out towards Urban. I never thought I'd see what I saw on that hike. I ended up going, excuse me, I ended up turning a corner and about 10 foot in, in front of me, I saw this hairy being around eight to nine feet tall and about four to five feet wide at the shoulders. This thing was buff. When I walked up to it, I stopped dead in my tracks, frozen. Not from fear, but like, what the F is that? It was looking away from me, so I never saw its face. It was looking down at something in its right hand. Its left hand and arm were so long that it reached its knees. I could see the lines in its palm and fingers. It had rust-brown hair with gray around the neck and wrist. I think it realized that was there, and it lifted its head from looking down at its hands and froze. Then all of a sudden, it ran away and never looked back. It just bolted away, and damn, it, it was fast. This experience only lasted a few seconds. When it ran away, I saw its muscles move. It had a giant V-like backstrap that was could clearly see flex and move around. No way this thing was a man in a suit. This area doesn't really have many hikers this time of year. I think Bigfoot are used to being able to room free this time of year because there's less pressure from hikers. Plus, the gray hair made me think that it was old and probably didn't hear me walk up to it. I've never told anyone on the trail about my encounter, and those I've told who are close to me just laugh. I've heard several stories about this area and Bigfoot sightings, especially on Roan Mountain. The locals even put signs in the woods stating Bigfoot Sanctuary. That area is hot. I also heard the roar there once that it was so loud, it sounded like the mountain lion mixed with a human scream. It woke me up out of the dead sleep and scared the hell out of me. Now, that's an interesting account because my maternal grandparents' family originated from Mitchell County, North Carolina, and not far from that location. I've heard stories all my life from my great aunts, uncles and aunts. Uh, I've spent time on that ruined mountain, and uh, I'm very aware of the wild man stories that have been told up there by the locals, and, and the trail runs right through it. So um, I had no doubt that's what he ran across. This next account. My dad is a retired park ranger, if that's what you call it. He worked for the National Park Service up until three years ago. His usual task involved taking people on tours along the Appalachian Trail and Shenandoah National Park, maintaining the forest and wildlife habitats that lived there. So anyway, this story goes back to the summer of 2003 when my dad and colleague, we'll call him John, Sent out to try and locate an adult elk, a male named Billy by the locals, who was usually very tame, and was also found close to the houses that had to, had not been seen for over a week, which is apparent, which was apparently very unusual for him. So uh, my dad was dropped off along the trail while John took the truck and drove further down, approximately five miles, in order to try and locate Billy. They had been searching all day for him and this was the last stop of the day as there was only a few hours of daylight left now as the story goes my dad had been walking along the trail for a little over an hour when he heard a disturbance in the distance off to his left he could hear the snapping of tree branches so decided to follow where the noises were coming from in the hopes that he it could be billy the elk as he got closer he said he began to smell a foul odor, and instinctively knew that some sort of it was some sort of dead animal, and he was right. Laying on the ground in a, in a small opening of the trees with the carcass of a large elk. He could see by the tag on one of the ears that it was Billy. However, he was immediately shocked by the condition the animal was in. Billy had been severely mutilated, his eyes and tongue had been gouged out, his throat torn out, and his stomach had been ripped open so that the intestines were protruding onto the ground. We also noticed that little chunks of flesh had been bitten from the torso, and the entire right front leg was missing. The reason that the animal had been attacked by either black bear or coyotes was nothing else would be able to tackle a full-grown adult elk. However, this seemed strange because elk were usually too big for even apex predators to try to take down. But he thought maybe uh, a, a hungry pack of coyotes might have, uh, might have done it if they were starving. Now what stirred him, what disturbed him further was the way in which the animal had been mutilated after death. My dad made a point of saying that he never witnessed anything quite like it and that it was very unusual for predators to mutilate a corpse in such a way. Feeling unnerved by this discovery, my dad radioed John and told him he had located the animal before giving him his approximate location. John had told him that he had wandered off the beaten track and that he would take him around an hour to get back to where the truck was parked and drive back to the location. So my dad was told to wait there until John got to him. It was almost dark at that point. My dad remembered beginning to feel very unsettled. Now he had a flashlight with him and bear spray, but noted that it was still, felt very vulnerable in the woods. So after around 15 minutes or so, he heard the same noises as he had, had earlier, much closer now as he was off the trail. He would hear footsteps and the occasional growl of something hidden within the thick bushes straight ahead of him. He said that every so often, he could hear slow, heavy breathing and the snapping of branches as whatever it was, paced the the, uh, forest floor. He began to get the feeling that he was being watched and worried that the coyotes or perhaps even a bear was stalking him. He said that every so often he would wave his flashlight in the direction of the disturbance and yell in order to scare off whatever it was that was watching him. However, the noise still persisted. and It seemed to aggravate the creature. Luckily, the animal never came any closer, revealed itself to him, simply pacing around the darkness and letting out an occasional growl. So, just over an hour later, the truck pulled up along the trail, and my dad could see to his relief that John was now following the flashlight to where he stood. The arrival of another person must have spooked the harasser as he noticed hearing the crunching of leaves not quickly moving away from him. He told John what had happened, and the man reasoned that it may have been a bear, and that it probably shouldn't hang around, shouldn't hang around. They probably shouldn't hang around. Together, they wrapped the corpse in a cloth and managed to haul it into the back of the truck. Now, my dad said that just as they were getting ready to leave, curiosity came over him, and he decided to walk to walk over to where the sounds had been coming from only moments before. John got out as well and the two of them scoured the area. Behind a fallen log, they found a half-chewed leg of the dead deer, along with a number of discarded candy and chocolate bar wrappers and a small length of rope. Further down into the tree line, they found a pair of neutral gloves covered in blood and human shoe prints leading away from them. They also discovered the remnants of a small fire In a comic book. This had terrified my dad. The realization that it had been a person that had mutilated the elk, that had been watching him from the bushes and growling, so much so that he and John had agreed never to mention the encounter to anyone. My dad had told me that not a day goes by that he doesn't think about what happened that day. He still struggles to comprehend what the person was doing out there in the wilderness in the middle of nowhere. How they had managed to kill the elk and what their intentions were towards my dad. We relocated to an area in 2005 and now reside near Richmond, Virginia. My dad had been back since, and he has said that he will never walk the Appalachian Trail again. I can't blame him, to be honest. Anyway, thanks for listening to my story. Again, that was in the area around George Washington National Forest and, well, and further north up into Shenandoah National Park. So, th- there, the Appalachian Trail in, in Southwest Virginia runs into several national parks. Um, and of course, there's been talk about wild men, qu- humanoids, and some cryptic canines, and all kinds of things. Um, but I've also heard of feral people feral men roaming the woods so is that what this was i I guess it's very possible so here's the last account so if you have questions go ahead and start putting them into the chat my event was in the mid 80s and included my son and our dog ginger when we had our encounter we were at the shelter on the appalachian trail in amherst county virginia it was the Cal Camp Gap Shelter. It was early December and very cold. It would get below 10 degrees at night. I'm comfortable in the woods and teaching my son skills needed to survive. To me, it's a life skill like swimming. It's it's good father and son time. We arrived at the shelter, shelter shortly before dark, made a fire for warmth and hot food. The shelter faces south and has a a spring-fed creek separating the shelter from the trail. Now, the the Appalachian Trail runs from, uh, runs with an old narrow road separating, hold on a second, just lost my spot. Okay, the Appalachian Trail runs with an old narrow road separating the climbing and climbing north to the top of Coal Mountain. My son and I were in good spirits, uh, in good spirits, talking, playing with Ginger. Ginger saw the figure coming out of the late twilight, walking north. My internet's going in and out. It was a surprise that anyone would be at that location since the closest house was a hard three or four miles from the shelter. Now, the figure came within 100 feet. The thing was tall and wore a dark brown fur coat, in parentheses. I was aware of Ginger's barking, changing to something I had never heard from her before that event, nor after. And without thinking, I called out to the figure to come over and have some hot drinks. That's when things got very difficult to explain. First, the creature turned to face us. Its face looked human in shape, but not human in appearance. It turned its whole body. And when the creature looked at us, it was when Ginger's barking changed. Her hind legs appeared uncontrolled. Her sounds were not barking sounds, but a gurgling noise. She was in great pain. I momentarily focused on Ginger reaching down to her, which, I did not, which did not stop her suffering. I looked to the creature who returned to continue its long athletic strides, taking it out of sight very quickly. Ginger resumed barking her aggression warning, but not the same as before the thing had turned to faces. And my son said, Dad, what happened to Ginger? I was thinking, what did that thing do to Ginger when it was 100 foot away? I was not fearful, and Ginger was a hand, was a handful of golden retriever. We spent a cold night with Ginger at alert the entire time. When we made out our way to the warmth of my car the next morning, Ginger curled up with my son in the backseat and slept a three-hour drive home. It would be eight years later before I returned to the area. Ginger refused to follow me off Coal Mountain, south towards the Cow Camp Gap shelter. And when I got close to the woods, half a mile north of the shelter, Ginger sat with ears perked, refusing my efforts to get her to come with me. So I decided not to go without Ginger. So 15 years later, while on a Sunday drive to the town of Buena Vista, Virginia, a small town about 15 miles from the Appalachian Trail Shelter, I would have a conversation with a teenage waitress. I mentioned my frequent trips to Mount Pleasant Trail area. She said I should be careful and not go alone to Cole Mountain. Because about the time she was born, her uncles had seen something wow they were deer hunting that had scared them so badly that they they never hunted to go back to that area. She was 16, so the time fit. I've since learned that area had a fallen winter. I've since learned that area had a fallen winter with dogs making a lot of noise at night with large with a large number going missing. A calf went missing without a fake, without a trace. Youner was uncommitted as to what was going on, but said his grandfather had a story about the brown man. He had not seen anything, but the neighbors had. Something dreadful happened at that shelter in August of 2011. A hiker was found dead and half buried. It's now April 2016. I have not heard of an arrest. I am interested to know if there were any similar accounts of things, this thing harming dogs. I am a skeptic looking for an explanation for Ginger's actions other than Bigfoot having mind control capability over dogs. And maybe humans too. Now, the incident they're referring to in uh, in April two thousand twelve, about a year after the summer of two thousand eleven, federal authorities had put an offer had offered a one a ten thousand dollar reward for information leading to the conviction. Of whatever or whoever killed a hiker by the name of Scott Lilly at that at that location, and um, this this Scott Lilly was 30 years old. He was from South Bend, Indiana, and uh, the body was found partially buried. And uh, the state medical examiner ruled that the death. Was a homicide and was caused by asphyxia by suffocation um they found his gear including new trail shoes the brand was what he had had there was a backpack and other things that it definitely identified it was his uh, the trail he was on was named the stonewall trail and he had begun hiking south from maryland In late june intending to go all the way to springer mountain resupplying and uh going through and his sister actually joined in with the fbi in looking for this um but i'll be frank with you i don't know if they ever found anybody and this um this brown man is uh, something I've heard about before. Other people have seen it, and, of course, with this account, the hunters, I guess, saw it as well. But um, the description that I had heard a few years later was somebody had come forward and talked about this huge Bigfoot that they had seen. Uh, It was all brown in color. The description I heard was this thing was 10 to 12 foot height. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. That area, there's something definitely there. So that's George Washington National National Forest. So um, back then, there was definitely something there. Is something there now? I have no idea. So uh, there you go. So if you got questions, I'm here to take them. I guess it's kind of hard to find questions for this because it's pretty well, pretty self-explanatory that that trail. Now, I don't, I don't know if it's something about the trail or, or what it is, but. There have been a lot of occurrences on that trail. A lot. And uh, there's no shortage of encounters on that trail. And I mean, but most most of the sightings that we have, uh, that I have heard of over the years, were neither Virginia or Pennsylvania. Now there were, there was a, there was one or two in northern Georgia, but most of the encounters are in Pennsylvania, Virginia. So um, I don't know what's going on. Now I will say. Uh, Amy asked, Have you hiked the trail line? Yeah, I did. I've hiked it from, from uh, Mason Dixon line, which is Pennsylvania and, and uh, Maryland, north up through Micho, up through uh, the Duncannon area, and up into Lebanon County. And that was back in the 70s. I used to hike a lot back then. So, um, and we still hear stuff. I mean, I just, in fact, I just had an account. I posted from uh, several days ago on uh, August fourteenth, where a couple said they encountered an extremely tall Bigfoot at the um, at a uh, shelter, not far from a shelter near Halifax, Pennsylvania, and that's just north of uh, that's north of Harrisburg, that's north of Duncannon uh it's the peters mountain shelter now we're looking into it all i can do is the information that the hikers gave me i know they were scared and they, they didn't want any personal information going out so uh but both of them stated that this thing was easily 10 foot tall and um they were they saw it at a distance, but it wasn't really that far. They couldn't really tell how far they were from it, but it was a distance. But now how they determined 10 foot tall, I don't know. I don't know how that was. And in fact, they, um, they yelled and screamed at it tried to get it to move on. And it did. It just walked, walked off and then it ran off. But then they went down the trail a little bit and then they stopped and then they sent me the message. And then they sent me the coordinates as well so uh we're looking into the area um uh, we're gonna see what that was going on that is in dolphin county and uh hopefully when they they get to a point where they'll they'll get back to me and but as far as i know they're still on the trail they're heading north now there were there's a lot of bigfoot sightings in that area i mean i have i've had dozens of sightings from Micho north up into um north up into Lebanon County so well, that's kind of north northeast so um yeah there's a lot goes on there any more questions? more or, less, or there are many upright canine sightings on the trail not necessarily on the trail very near the trail. Uh, you know I looked the other day on the map and most of the sightings of upright canines are or north of the trail and the only the one place that is very near the trail is around Micho State Forest. Which is not far from me. That's only like 25 miles west of me. So uh it's just on the other side of Gettysburg. So um, but there have been sightings of upright canine and and Bigfoot. And in fact, the um there there was a famous uh trail of footprints up by the Waynesboro Reservoir years ago. Uh it's like 120. Footprints were found in a in a in a line along the muddy edge of the uh, the reservoir. So um, there's something going on. I mean, it, it's busy up there. And in fact, uh, some of the people that I know have have research areas up there in Misho as well. And there's a lot of if you go in there and go further north, going up towards um, Laurel Lake or in that area, people do find a lot of structures so um yeah it's pretty busy up there uh shoulder to cook are you getting an increase in bigfoot sightings since january along like the increase in ufo sightings well i've been getting a lot of sightings lately uh, for whatever reason now, i don't know if that's because i had mentioned we have been looking into to some sightings, we had a, a really interesting set of prints found down in, down on a horse farm in Cecil County, Maryland. And it's a case we're looking into and continue to look in. But there's there's just a lot going on there. I mean, I when I make out the final report, I mean, I'm gonna put it all together. I'll post it. I will put it on the, the team website. But um, Tim Renner, um, Chad Redding, and I, myself were down there last Saturday. And uh, there's a lot of UFO sightings there as well. There's a lot of howling going on. Prints, all kinds of crazy stuff. So, uh, but when that final report comes out, it'll be available to everyone. Uh, shorter, quick, do you still have your Google map of sighting locations? Yeah, it's still up there. Uh, you're talking about Pennsylvania? for the upright canines? Yeah, I do. And I also have the one for the Chicago Mothman as well. Uh, you can find those on the website, the links to those. Savage Grammy, Lon, how can we safely walk the trail? What weapons could possibly protect us from Bigfoot? Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't necessarily endorse carrying weapons on the trail. I mean, God forbid you, you you see something and it's a human and you accidentally kill them. I mean, as far as I know, that hasn't happened. But I don't know. And then amazing Colonel Angus states lawn feral people. And I heard feral people stories up and down that trail for since I was a kid. And, you know, I still hear them. So uh, there are woods people living along the trail. There's no doubt about that. But as far as keeping yourself safe, Joshua said bear spray or taser. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna get that close to it, I guess, but I mean, if you're talking about a Bigfoot, I don't know how much that's gonna really help you. Uh, it's good for a bear, but a Bigfoot or an upright canine, I'm not quite sure. Okay, folks, so uh, thanks for each and, each and all of you for watching and chatting. Uh, it's appreciated. Please like, subscribe, and share. And please leave a comment. If you have an encounter or sighting, uh, contact me at lonstrickler@famsamonsider.com. At and so, until we meet again, stay healthy and stay safe, and have a good weekend. It's so a good night.